Hello and welcome to the charge down. Um, Pro 14 final is in the books. Leinster undefeated season in the league. Um, finished with success at the end. Um, yeah, guys, I don't know. What's, what, what are your general takeaways? Quote me from here. season stats, Rob. You, you're one for the stats. <laughs> what season the... stats? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Answer a question with another question. <laughs> throwing you under the train here. You, you said last week, or maybe I heard on the news or something, that there'd be loads of records broken if Leinster won that final. So what are those records? You like stats. Did I, did I say that? Yes. <laughs> Somebody said it to me. I mean, like, there was, it's probably like points difference. Obviously not losing. Probably tries against <laughs> shit like that. I just know Len- there was Lent- a lot of them. Leinster finished number one in terms of attack in points scored, number one in meters gained, number one in tries. Uh, in defense, they finished second in ta- tackles missed, seconds in ta- tackles made. Who's pretty, pretty dominant in, in both fronts? Uh, Ulster actually came first, first in tackles made. Uh, it's, it's all it's kind of the order of it's all over the place that's interesting that Ulster finished first in tackles made because I think that tells a different story to what we saw in the final I felt yes, like Leinster was defending loads in the final and very well but it felt like it was wave after wave of Ulster attack repelled by mm. an endless blue wall of impenetrability albeit they penetrated it once, <laughs> so I guess it is somewhat penetrable. Yeah, I, I, well, a turnover though, that's, that's uh, much more different than a, a set like a, a set play. They managed to get a center running us front row four, which is why they managed to get through. It was Doris and what's the number two Kelleher. I think those were the two people who ran through. I didn't yeah. know that was off a turnover. Though. I didn't didn't remember that. It was off. Conan locks the ball on. They move it down. Um, they hit a rook and then they spread it out left again. They offloaded a lot during the phases, uh, and then ended up Hume under the posts, not under the post, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he the he kept. sides. But 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 that was it from Ulster, though. It felt like well, you look back. to me, the story of the match, like if it felt like certainly in the first half, anyway. Leinster kind of let Ulster set the pace, knowing that they could match them all the way, but they always went like a step ahead of them in terms of the pace they were setting. So it was like any punches Ulster through, Leinster elevated their game beyond that to the point that then in the start of the second half, Leinster were like, okay, fuck this, and just took the <laughs> took the chocks out from under the wheels, it felt like, and they just came out blistering. And it was totally different pace at the start of the second half for about 10 minutes like they totally upped the pace Ulster couldn't live with it and that was the game there and then I think it was 10-5 at half time if I remember correctly possibly 13-5 but it was still a competition anyway to to on the scoreboard but it didn't really feel like it out on the field I think and then yeah I don't know we just shifted into like third gear I'd say and blew them away that Billy Burns intercept was like the the nail in the coffin, I felt like. And yeah, he, I think everyone knew the game was over at that stage. Yeah, he uh, he was subbed off soon after that. He he, I feel like I rewatched the match there earlier today, and uh, watching it, I I thought like we all we all agreed the week before that Billy Burns was probably the the one, the starting out half. 
and Madigan will be the one to come on. But on the basis of that one performance, I think Madigan might have been the man because Burns missed one or two kicks, I think, where Madigan might have got those. And or Cooney. Like a, or Cooney. But uh, yeah, which I'm very fickle. Um, which is a, which is a. I think I think the combo that works best is Cooney Burns, and then have Madigan, um, Madison. Yeah, Madison. Um, because I feel Cooney is definitely the number one guy in charge, like a French uh, scrum half, where he's the one in charge, and Burns is less, more reserved. Mm-hmm. While Madigan would be the guy, the out half that I, I expect to be more the more vocal, more be able to take the game on his shoulders, even if he's maybe not the best, uh, as good as running is, but he's got like a, I don't want to say cocky attitude, but it's not far off. Like it's yeah. a lot of outhouse have it, that confidence. Um, now it just happened that he rewarded Matheson for his good performance last week. Um, but I don't think you go into, it was a risk. It was a risk from, Ulster to have not have a good goal kicker on the pitch. I think it, it did stick yeah. out of it. Yeah, because I think there was an opportunity when it was 10-5 to, uh, to take a three-pointer. Then it would have been 10-8. Like, that looks good. You know, Maybe even 10 points. And then they kicked it out to touch, I think. Went through a few phases. We repelled it. And then it's kind of like, you know, still 10-5. It's a win for us. I think this was just before halftime, if I remember correctly. So and then he also missed the conversion. You know what I mean? It's these little. Those are the little things that if you're if you're the not the better team, you need yeah. those things going your way on the day to kind of just sow those seeds of doubt in the better team's mind. And they didn't go away. And I'm not saying Madigan would have nailed the kicks necessarily. And it's also hindsight is a great thing. But I just felt on the basis of Billy Burns' performance, yeah, you know, you could have done with a more seasoned head out there. I mean, uh, I think. It would be not stupid to stick with Billy Burns going forward into the next yeah. season. You know, he's a young enough player. It would be kind of hasty. Well, I, think, to... I think you have to do that. Have either Madigan or Cooney on the pitch at any one time in yeah. a big game like that. Yeah, I think Where McFarland. You... While I before the match, I thought McFarland was ballsy and gutsy for kind yeah. of chopping and change. And I think looking back with hindsight, it might have been a bit rash. Like mm. it felt like he was like trying to send the message or something. Like. <laughs> You know, to Cooney, who's who basically Cooney built this season to a large degree. I feel for Ulster, you know, he he wasn't that good though post um, lockdown. lockdown, Definitely. No, what I mean is even even beforehand, he wasn't that great. Like just around Six Nations that time in January. All right. Now you you might be right. It's it's been a while since. Yeah. (laughs) My overriding uh, opinion was he was great previous season, better previous seasons. And goes um, around the World Cup. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I think McFarlane needs to maybe look at the selection strategy there with the nine and ten, as as you see. It was a risk. I, th- I think it was, it was a throw of the dice and it didn't pay off. But mm. I think um, his other selections last week and this week uh, have paid off. Um, I, th- I think the props are good. Yeah, I, I think it's very, uh, the monster props. I think it's yep. very impressive that uh, O'Toole is like 21, I think, or maybe just 22, and he's locking out scrums in Pro 12 for, uh, Pro 14 finals. He so he's is, a great future ahead of him. 
Is he a Lancer cast out? Um, he... oh, Sullivan definitely is the loose head for his yes. love. But I'm, I, I can't, I'm not sure about O'Toole. Tom O'Toole was born in Drogheda, lived in Brisbane for 10 years. Oh, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading an article about him yeah. in the Times. He, he was selected for Queensland Reds' development side and Queensland Schoolboys in 2015. Yeah. So, I don't know if you could. They have an Aussie outcast in the second row as well. Sam Kane, Sam, Sam Carter or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Little. But he arrived more of a, a full-time pro as opposed to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Academy. But um, I thought Leinster's gambles, if you want to call that, in Ross Byrne paid off handsomely. Yes. Yeah. I thought he had a great game. Ball, uh, in all facets. On rewatch, I thought he almost merited man in the match because I was well, particularly I, watching him. I was yeah. like, okay, certainly in the first twenty minutes, he was really impressive. Like he seemed to choose the right option every time as to whether to pass, kick, or run the ball. Every time he chose a, either he like he's not a massive guy, so yeah. you know when he was running the ball, it was at a gap and he made yards. And yeah, he, first twenty minutes was. A, was a man in a match 20 minutes. You know, obviously, Van der Fleer puts in the full 80, but yeah, yeah the, that was vindicated big time, I think. And then you have a fresh Johnny coming into this week. Like it's... I, um, I love the way Johnny came on and didn't put himself in any sort of risk. Thank he just ran a couple moves and let, the, let whoever else was there carry the ball. Or... He, did, he didn't rarely took contact. Like He didn't shirk it. Like When he had to make a tackle, he made a tackle, but mm. there wasn't any of this... I'm going. I'm going to kill myself the last ten minutes of this match. It's just pure. Just manage this out. Bravado. Actually, you know what you say that in the first twenty minutes, I think Coatsy ran at Burn two or three times, and Burn was well able for it. Like I actually, I forgot. Like when on the rewatch, I had forgotten that Johnny wasn't starting, and I saw the blue ten, and I was like, "Oh, there's Johnny going up against the number eight again." Such was the physicality <laughs> and the contact, and then yeah, I realized actually... it was Burn, and I was like, "What the fuck? I've never seen Burns put in such like a power hit against the." A big guy was. He made incredible. 14 tackles and missed one, according to the stats I looked at. Pretty good. Um, but you know, good. I also forgot for a second that it was in sex. In that particular moment, I think I noticed when you're talking about. Yeah. It was, like, it, was, it was really sex esque, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, it was good to see. I, I actually thought after that match, I was thinking, or sorry, during it, I was like, you know, I think the best thing for Irish rugby, assuming we do the double, would be if Sexton just stood down at the end of the season. No, I think, and I genuinely do, because I think the point at which these lads are coming up, coming out tens are in their career, they need to get thrown in the deep end right now. And I think with Johnny sticking around, I don't want to see him do the O'Gara thing where the last year or whatever he's utter shite. But do you not want to see that happen? He's better than that. I think if he goes out on the highest of highs, it's the best thing for everyone. And we might have a bit of a lull for the next year, maybe in international and in Leinster. But I think you got to take that lull. No, we no, might, might not be a lull. It might be just the end of us competing at international level. Perhaps, perhaps. Like, I, um, if they're good enough, they'll take the pot off him. But he's playing as well as he ever as he ever had. But I, I think maybe to become good enough for certain people, they have to be thrown in. If you know what I mean, they need that thing thrown on them. If some people are happy to st- stand back and just, you know, have Johnny there as that sort of safety net, where they could be well capable of it. It's just they're yeah, but, not giving it's, that it's, it's not like they're very close. In and you're like, well, you, give, you keep Johnny on because he's experienced, he's done before. It's Johnny's tearing it up, and he's much better than eight or ten. 
Mm. And when it comes to if they get much closer in form, then you have that conversation. But you have your, your one of the best players in the island. Keep, let them keep playing. I say at, at that age, if you go out on a high and you've had a good <laughs> career, why not? You know, if, even for the man's safety, I cringe <laughs> no. every time I see him like taking a head knock or whatever. Seriously, the, like he does look better than he's ever looked in terms of physicality and like his physique or whatever at the minute, but. I would do worry for the man. You know what I mean? You, you hear Dylan Hartley coming out and saying everything he says, and you know Johnny's a stubborn fucker. He could take a big knock at the start of a match and still be there at sixty-five minutes doing mm. the same shit. You know what? What, what we know now it just does worry me a little bit. The last thing I want to see is him turn into a vegetable or some shit. You know, that won't happen for at least three years. <laughs> Uh, the doctor said it would be at least three years until you're a vegetable, Johnny. You're still good to go, and you know he'd be there every fucking weekend like, if he could. Uh, mad bastard. So, um, do we think uh, Ulster will kick on then next season, or will it's just kind of the best they can hope for next season? Like, well, um, I think they'd be happy. Like, I assume they're going to lose to lose. As would I. Um. But even if, they, if, they, if they're in that game for a bit, I think they'd be happy enough. Like, getting to a final is an achievement. Mm. Um, and I would be happier if I was a Monster fan with that performance than I would be if I was a Monster fan. With the Monster That's Yeah, that, even though Monster were closer. That um, kind of, I think, hints at the over, overarching team. Obviously, Leinster went the entire league unbeaten. Yeah. And then I suppose the question is, what's to kind of stop them doing it again um, oh well like a couple of the games we got lucky on i know i know but but i mean like, like... like that's, what, that's what happens one a game the ball will bounce another way the ref will see something you didn't see last time but and you it, lose that game narrowly or whatever and that's it but do you it, do you think other teams in the pro 14 have it to beat leinster on in a knockout or in a well, knockout's difference than just yeah. beating well, them full yeah. strength no i don't think so but um we could leinster have to play poorly and the other team would have to play really well. Yeah. yeah. And that's not inconceivable. But it, it's not, but it's... it's some people, people will learn from their mistakes a lot. Mm. Um, I this think is... their incredible amount of competition within the squad, which eliminates any complacency, and they have an excellent coaching staff on top of the depth they have. So it's very, very hard to beat that in the league like you need someone like, like Saracen's a super physical winning team mm. or like a Toulouse with incredible attacking talent and massive pack or Rassing or something like that to someone who can stand toe to toe with Leinster and bring something of their own well most of the pro 14 teams don't have that yes do you know what freaks me out about how we're playing at the minute though is there's a lot of errors, but yet we never seem like yeah. a bad now, team, if you know what I mean. I, I, I'm unsure about this because we'll only, we'll only know in the coming weeks. Um, like I don't know how much was us holding back, how much mm. was us getting to speed, or how much is this is just just how we're playing. Yeah, actually, I didn't think of it from the getting up to speed angle. Like they would be rusty enough, you would assume, after the time off. But there's a lot of handling errors and stuff, and I'm thinking. I'm looking at it thinking, okay, so we're not perfect, yeah. but yet we're putting in these performances where it's like 
at no point do they seem rattled, if you know what I mean. No. We're it's managing like have... games very well. Yeah. Like, I... like we've said it over the previous weeks, like, if Munster took the lead, could Leinster get back? And I've said, yes, they definitely could. Hmm. We, won't, we never know until it actually happens. But hmm. I think they're just saying, okay, the big game is Saracens and the rest of Europe. We want to keep winning in the league. Let's keep doing that. But it's not the... You, you can't generate the same emotional energy for something like that when your eyes, one eye's on the, the European well, quarterfinal. But you're, you're, they're pros. They're in a great system. Supremely coached. So they can get through these games without being perfect, yet still being quite comfortable. Well, just talking about emotional energy and a bit of a sidetrack for a minute, I do wonder how me as a fan, to make it all about me, how I will uh, struggle to cope with going back to nothing games after this, what feels like constant week after week of just like matches yeah. you really want to see, you know what I mean? And then when it sets back to the Pro 14, it will be, I mean, yeah, I still watch them and all that, but it just feels like every week now there's something on the line. I know it's at the end yeah. of the season and all that, but you don't usually get it week after week of like oh. interpro derbies or semi-final, quarter-final. It's, it's great, but it's also a bit of a curse because I feel like I'm getting spoiled on rugby now. Yeah, you but you're, you're going to have six weeks of internationals followed by six weeks of... <laughs> I'm getting spoiled. <laughs> Can't take it. Well, the, w- the way things are going outside of rugby, um, the whole thing could collapse in itself pretty quickly. So. When you say the whole thing now, Rob, do you mean the world? <laughs> no, I mean... How just... are you prepping? How are you prepping? <laughs> I just need society I have DVDs of Leicester's successful 10 <laughs> years. That should get me through the first 10 years. <laughs> like, I I heard the, the RFU guy today, Philip Brown, talking about how that the... the um, he said if they can't get sizable crowds or whatever reasonable crowds for 2021 that the future of the professional game is in a doubt on this island which i thought was pretty stark am i wrong in my statement that the government have just issued a 60 million injection of cash for the big three sports in this country they they might they might have i hope they have because i haven't read the news today so i can't comment on this i don't think that's today i think that's like a week ago or something yeah but i swear they said 60 million split between football ga and rugby i, I could have sworn I, I don't think i would have just made that up like maybe it's they're discussing the possibility of it but, I, uh, I think, that seems like a lot of money to me i think philip brown said that uh, the rfu were in a 35 million euro loss this or this season yeah which is significant yeah that's uh, they're not going to get thirty-five million from that sixty million. Although I no. would, I would make the case that football should get next to nothing out of that sixty million, considering how they've been run historically <laughs> in this country, and considering they're not successful on either an international or a club level. But then again, you, I mean, it is quite popular. So <laughs> no, Rob, I'm serious. Like fuck know, John Delaney in that whole crowd. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, sorry to get sidetracked. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so 2021, he said they need to start. It should be okay by then, surely. I mean, if well, it's still going on at that point. Is it 2020? It, oh, fuck, it is 20. I thought it was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of year days. Warn everyone about COVID. <laughs> yeah. How about back, back to that Leinster match? Um, <laughs> Let's get some normality in here. W- w- one of the key um, key points was the line-out and yeah. the issues Leinster had at the line-out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've heard I've read, read and heard a lot about this. And yeah. it's actually it's, it's handy that like a lot of the uh, Irish rugby commentators were hookers like um, Woods and Jackman, so they could comment on this. The, uh, the general consensus was a couple on Kelleher, uh, one he got away with like a crooked throw, yeah, but it was a systems error. Um, I think James Ryan came. He was um, his first game back, obviously. Uh, he, he, if he wasn't 100% familiar with us. I heard suggestion today that because there's two key forwards in the Ulster team in um, Jordy Murphy and Jack McGrath, that was, were in Leinster last year and the year before, they were they changed up the line calls. Now, how true that is, only they will know. That could cause uh, a lack of familiarity. Um, I think it's it was solved in the second half, which is good to see. The four line-out throws um, we missed were all in the first half. Mm. But it is worrying, and Cronin's well. been brought in maybe for this, but at least it is something we can work on. So we're not perfect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We're winning these games. We have very good po- uh, elements to our very good elements to our game. But it's always something we can work on. Yeah. What struck me weird, as weird about that lineout situation was uh, I, I felt, and I might be wrong about this, um, that the times we fucked up weren't in the red zones, if so to speak. No. So it wasn't in their 22 or in our. No, I, I don't think it was a. No, one of them was. One was like 10 meters out. But I don't think it's like a, a mental thing. It could be a technical thing, a timing thing. Mm. Or it could be like an individual mental thing. But. I said, like, it, it doesn't seem to affect Kelleher from line out to line out. Yeah. Like, he could throw two terrible ones, and the next one be fine. Well, that's what I was trying to get at with, around the yeah. middle of the pitch. It was like, you say one was 10 metres out, and that's a possibility, but I think I there was three around the middle of the pitch. And it, it would be like a reverse mentality then, i.e. not having the pressure to nail it meant he took his mind off it. I'm not saying he was responsible for them all, but it seemed like the reverse of what it usually is in the case of bad darts or faulty lineups. I.e. it was happening in the opposite area to what you'd expect it to happen. I think Tracy had a knock on at the back of one of them as well, which is a kind of frustrating. Yeah, they're, they're some that they weren't good as well. Even the ones we got, like we had to throw a lot to the front. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Um like Crono was brought in, but there's also an option of Tracy to get in because I think someone tried to stats he has 23 out of, or sorry, it could be like 29 out of 30 uh, lineups this season he's made. Hmm. So if you're bringing someone in just for line, well, not just for lineup, but to guarantee that lineups, that could be an offer. And I saw another stat today, I didn't double check this, but I'll, I'll trust it. <laughs> he is the most picked player under Leo Cullen, Tracy. I, w- I would not have known that. I, I would. Like, I would dispute that in the sense that <laughs> I, I think most picked is disingenuous way of phrasing it. I would say he's, he's in the squad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he's I, played the most. He's played the most games. Yeah, I know what you mean. But first starts is what I would classify as picked in my head. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it's possible he is. I wouldn't say he has the most first starts, but no, no, probably not. But like, think about it. He'd be playing all the Pro 14 games. He's yeah. been around for Leo Cullen's entire tenure, I think. Mm. And like Cronin's only been it's traced the very start of his, his tenure. 
Cronin would be the definite first choice hooker during his time, but he's been injured or a bit away for Ireland duty, so like it's it's potential that's Yeah, I suppose. Now I don't know that for sure, but I know he is the most um most appearances under Leo Cullen. I think that sounds not unreasonable. I thought um I'm surprised I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm Doris has continues to impress and impress. I think he's probably the best player in Ireland at the moment. Mm. I don't know, Peter O'Man. <laughs> Couldn't even finish it. <laughs> yeah, Doris, I, he's he's up for I it. Like, think he could do this. He's loving it. Switch he, to six and do it in such a comprehensive fashion. And he's only barely twenty-two. Yeah, which I think is amazing. You know, and James said this on the chat there in relation to the Ireland selections or whatever, and I was about mm-hmm. three quarters away through the match there, and I thought, like, Jesus. You know, is it, it, it a diplomatic situation where you kind of have to pick someone from Ulster and Munster, say, because, you know what I mean, you could realistically yeah, yeah, not do true. that and still have your strongest team out there. You know, you're going to, it's going to be a case of, if people are included from the other provinces, you're going to be saying, well, why are they there instead of a Leinster guy? Are they there because they're there on merit? Or are they there because they need to dilute the blue pool, if, <laughs> if you know what I mean? That's what I mean by diplomacy. Because you know, imagine being a fan from one of the other provinces and, and every single starting 15 <laughs> position was a Leinster player. Yeah. Wouldn't you be annoyed? Like, it well, would rub I, you up the wrong way. I don't think there is cause for that. I think there are certain areas where, well, as I say, there's definitely certain players you have in. So, say your Irish team now, your strongest one would be Healy, Porter, probably at the moment, or maybe Furlong. Okay. The hooker would be, like, if Kelleher didn't have the line of issues, he'd be definite choice, number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, could be him, could be Herring from Ulster, could be Scannell. Um, I don't think Scannell's really in favour. All right, and he hasn't performed anyway. <laughs> like, like he, no, he wasn't like um, he wasn't picked in the Six Nations squads, mm. and he hasn't gotten better. So, like, you don't see why he gets in. Mm. Maybe Heffernan from Connacht. You don't see why he gets in for diplomacy's sake. Yeah, <laughs> you got to delete, delete the blue pool. Your second rows would be Ryan and Henderson, maybe. I don't Indeed. know about Henderson. He's played one game since he came back. So so is Ryan. <laughs> true, true. But Ryan is Ryan is world class. Henderson is Yeah, but like Henderson can be world class. Yes. See I was thinking about this and Henderson Ryan's the player Henderson can be sometimes. Yeah. That's a good mm. way of putting it. Like if they're, they're both top level, I don't think there's much difference between them. The mm. problem is Ryan puts it in every week. Henderson mm. rarely does. Um and that's a big criticism of him. He, sh- he has the potential to be much better than he regularly is. The way you started that sentence, it would not be unusual for him to start. Like I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would probably have him over Toner, probably. <laughs> but Toner might have Delan. Yeah, maybe. Might have Quinn Rue, maybe. No, no. sorry, yeah. I'm not buying that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your back row would be. Vanderfleer or Connors at seven. You'd have Doris at six or eight, and you'd have Stander at six or eight. 
So you'd include Sander? I think Sander is good enough to keep. Yeah, I wouldn't fully yeah, disagree with that. could have Conan. Conan had a fine game. Do you think? Uh, he made like 20 tackles. He he got caught on the wrong side a few times. I thought two, two of them were ridiculous. I thought like, like that's the way ref refs it, so you have to. Mm. But like the yeah, another game that would be fine, but it happens. And um, but he makes loads of tackles, makes loads of carries. You might put him in, probably won't, but it wouldn't be crazy. What from what I'm... Now, a position of despair? Yeah. But you reckon I wouldn't have Luke McGrath number one scrum half was No, neither would I. Sexton, yeah, number ten. I'd say Aki is probably the best twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ringrose definitely thirteen. And assuming Lowe isn't qualified, you'd have Lamar maybe, the fullback Conway and Stockdale. Maybe. Factory is a weakness a relative weakness for Leinster. I'd be very um dubious about Stockdale. Just at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's one of you guys questioned his defensive thing, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't, I didn't notice anything shockingly out of pace. You know, he's fielding kicks quite well. Mm-hmm. Counter attack. Uh, one moment is when I think Lamar got the ball. Oh and yeah, and he just powered Jason, through. Him. Let him get yeah. like a ten yards. <laughs> it was at that moment I thought to myself, "How is Lamar this powerful? Because he's not massive. You know what I mean? I guess he's just, he is very strong for his side, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah." Stockdale just doesn't enjoy tackling. He doesn't shirk away from it, I don't think, but he's, he's just like contrast that with Keenan smashing someone. Mm. Stockdale actually was, I think. <laughs> um, like really just putting his body on his line and hitting them mm. and Lancer profiting from it. But what I was getting at more with the whole like Lancer starting 15 Ireland yeah. situation was does Andy Farrell have the balls to drop these guys from other provinces in favour of maybe a less established but higher performing currently Leinster player. And I hope he does. Yeah. That's hard to say. Like um it looked like he was doing on Six Nations a bit. Like he gave Doris a start. Well the Cooney Murray thing frustrated me a bit in the Six Nations. Yeah well the Irish management just over the last few years don't rate Cooney so <laughs> don't know what we're gonna do. Mm. So you just stick with the same old I wouldn't, but they seem to do it. Okay. I I I think that's like we're veering off context here with the match, but like I I think like um the Irish team for the next Six Nations in twenty one will be very different to the one that's to start this international block. I'd mm. like to see it. I like change, even if it's terrible. I think those three monster players, Star of Omani, Murray and Earls will probably phase out of the team. Mm. And does it look like uh, there's there's people ready to take take their spots? Would you say? You just have to give them like. Oh, Peter Manny definitely because Doris tearing it up. Yeah. Um, Murray, you hope Marmion or Cooney or McGraw would would be able to take the. Where JGP? No. You could come out playing. You could come out, but JGP. Yeah, but why, why do you pick him when he can't start for Leinster? Well, that's. Uh, I think that could be great. I don't know, but I don't think we. I think we all disagree that the idea that Luke McGrath is in any way better than JGP is. Oh, I know, but the thing is, Leinster management say Luke McGrath is starting scrum half. 
Uh, but I think just because a management says it doesn't mean that it's it, right, it, nor yeah. does it mean it will continue to happen. I know, but why would Farrell? Because you need to make some big ball decisions to win me over. He's not going to change the scrum half easily. Like he's not going to pick Cooney when he's the best player in Europe. But well, which maybe could have been for a long bit. And we might not pick Marmion, who's now tearing it up. Why would he pick an uncapped scrum half for Leinster? Well, maybe it's a stylistic thing. Maybe he he likes the style that JGP can bring to the game. Yeah, it's good. Good point. Good point, Ralph. <laughs> well, I think like the the different from New scrum, Zealand as well. I mean, like the, the different scrum halves obviously have different strengths and weaknesses, and maybe yeah. he feels that JGP's skill set might be suited to whatever game plan they have. I don't think that's the case. No, but... I, 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 I like there, there's a, there's a case to be made that yeah he's different. I I don't think he's that much different, and he's not better than the other options. So he's. he's I get a, I get a sense from Farrell, and maybe I'm wrong on this. But he doesn't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Well, you don't want to change. You can't change a team too much. And you, say, very tough. You, you, you say that, but um, the tricky thing is, it's kind of like, I know obviously we're limited. We only have four teams and we can only pick certain amount of players and you, you, you kind of have to allow them to play themselves into form to a certain extent. Um, but we're coming off the back of... Oh, a not great World Cup, um, a pretty rough Six Nations. Well, now, so far, like this six, if we finish second in Six Nations, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like, like we're still in the chance to win it in our own under our own power. So, like, I've reserved. Like, if we if we come second, I'd be happy enough with that. Mm. Um. But this four-game block will give us a chance to blow the team, and then we'll see. You'd have to wait to the end of next Six Nations before we pass any judgment. I think on on whether it's working or not. Yeah. Yep. Will we move, we shift to the uh, quarterfinals? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the first quarterfinal at three o'clock: Leinster versus Saracens. The big one. The big one. It is the big one. The last team to beat Leinster were Saracens in the European Cup final last year. And there's only eight players from the Saracen starting team that were still around. Yes. Um, the starting team now, after saying that, isn't particularly weak. It's quite strong, actually. Mm. But the bench, is, the bench is where the difference is now. Mm. Um, there's a bit of doubt over Mako Vinopola, but he's made it. Mm. Uh, Owen Farrell, obviously, to his own fault, not here. What about Alex Skew at 10? Has, does he play at 10? Like, yeah, he's played 10 a lot. Okay. I, I don't think it's going to be a particular weakness. Yeah. He's more be more of a attacking 10 than Farrell, but he won't have Farrell's... Um... Bloodlust. Yeah, pretty much his defence. The back line is... It's lacking. It's, uh, Liam Williams is a big loss as well. Mm. Um. What was the name of the other wing? Not Brown, but it's Spencer. The scrum half is no longer there as well. True. There was. I'm really. Who's this? Who's this Saracen's wing? What country did he play for? Sean, um, no, he's English, I think. He's he's tearing us from now on another team that I've completely blanked on in in uh, Earl. 
Could be Earl. <laughs> Why do I not remember this man? No, he didn't play. I don't think he played the the final. But he... final, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Maitland Williams in the final, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But like, um, Skelton and Cruz are going to be huge losses. Yeah, Skelton was big in that final, if yeah. I remember correctly. Literally, big. <laughs> yeah, he's always big. But I seem to remember him like putting in, you know, shifts that. Would have been unheard of when he was over yeah, in Australia. There's a lot more space to bit of a bowler, which tears up. Um, what are the vitamin D levels like in the northern hemisphere? Yeah. <laughs> it's overcast. <laughs> I hear COVID affects those with low vitamin D. Maybe we should go over there and start coughing on a few Vunabolas. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, I didn't realize Tim Swinson had made his way to Harrison. Yeah, he's, he's he retired and then came back for the. Oh, no, Sorry. I, I didn't know you were tired. I was just checking his, twi- um, his Wikipedia this earlier because I wanted to see the second rows. I wonder I wonder if they headhunted him. Oh, he, no, he's like he's he's there to play the season because he's probably cheap and he gets to... Oh, yeah, because the whole situation with Saracens yeah. probably meant a lot of players either yeah. couldn't play or willingly left or were forced to leave because the salary caps, I, I do forget about that. Yeah, so he's probably just a stopgap sort of guy, is he? Yeah, for the, you think he signed for one season or something. Um, but they're big losses. Hmm. It's it's there's so much talk about this saying like Leinster have been looking forward to this, Saracen's been planning this for eight months. Hmm. I, we'll only know once the game kicks off, but like Saracens haven't really had a match of any consequence since the Europe. Well, mm-hmm. the only uh, reason right. they haven't had a match of any consequences is because they're on fucking default. <laughs> I know, like to go, like it's like the opposite of what you normally have in the narrative of an English Irish match. Mm. In that we've had a full strength team for a few weeks on a trot against in meaning big, big, big games against the rested and rotated uh, Saracens team, which is normally the accusation is the other way around. Um. Okay, what confuses me is I've only been sparsely paying attention to the Premiership. Like last week, Saracens were playing Exeter, okay? Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, Exeter would have a lot to play for given the current standing in the Premiership. And Saracens would have very little to play for given the current standing in the Premiership. And Saracens were like trashing them. Yeah, but it's a real mess in the Premiership at the moment because they're playing like two games a week. So you have these mixed masses where it's... B C B B side versus like C side of another one. Ah, like yeah, yeah. Some like Exeter might have been on the low week while Saracens were on the high week, or whatever. yeah, I guess. And I think saying. Exeter are not maybe not guaranteed first, but just in a very good spot for first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still, it was it was like it was that dominant that made me stop and take note of like, hold on, I thought Exeter were good, sufficiently good that this type of points margin would be sort of unheard of given. I would say the equal level of the teams, but yeah, if you if you say they're doing that sort of weird squad rotation thing, I guess that's sort of an explanation for it. it did spook me a little bit though. It's like, oh shit, Saracens are coming in. The players are playing this week, so I think it's been. A, I think every fifteen, every player in the fifteen has is um, not playing. They might be on the bench, but they're not starting. But like, we'll never like it's the bookies of Lancers as significant favourites, and I think they are. I think Leinster will have too much for Saracens and their bench will help them see it. Mm. 
like it could be an easy win for Leinster. Like it's hard to say that against the Saracens team, but well, I think if you look at it from the perspective of what the Saracens as a club has left at the minute, this is this is all they have. Like you yeah. know what I mean? So that's but some like, motivator in and of itself. Incredible motivation, but Leinster being incredibly motivated because this is the last team that beat them, and that that loss really stung. Yeah, so I don't, yeah. I don't think like Leinster aren't going to go into this thinking it's an easy game. Well, I, I would full of motivation, but like it's. Well, I agree. The Leinster thing is a motivation. I would say the Saracens is like ten times as much motivation as that. At least I would think. You know what I mean? This is like your last gasp. This could destroy the club. I don't think it will, but you know what I mean. They might never come up to the Premiership for the next twenty years, potentially. No, they'd be walking that championship next year or this year, as they. But despite despite that, could drive them. Could it drive them to another title? Yeah, like, right. That's the thing, like, <laughs> It's hard to say. Like on paper, like Leinster were ten three up with a couple of minutes left in that final. They don't kick the ball out. It's ten all half time. Mm-hmm. After the break, Carrie Ringrose doesn't pass on like a three on one or whatever it was. That could have been seventeen ten. And then Saracens just choked the game from there. So like, even when Saracens were much stronger, it still took sixty minutes or seventy minutes for them to beat us. That's on top of us making big errors. But now with us, like what I said earlier, like Leinster don't make the same mistake twice. Like it's very obvious. Like the promotion of Will Connors is come at the mind of Billy Vudapola. Yes. And like the team as a whole has changed. Like there seems to be a bit more chop tackling, lower tackling, and the kicking game as well has been added to what, what we have already. So. I suppose just to touch on the answer team we mentioned earlier, Sean Cronin starting mm. and Connors is starting. There are changes on the bench, uh, changes in the pack. Luke McGrath and Sexton come in the back line. But also, uh, Fardy dropped. Yes, he's out of the squad and Ryan Baird has been promoted. That's a, a big enough call. Like, Fardy hasn't played well, I don't think, in this post-lockdown. Mm environment but you think he'd be the man for a game like this like i, I was i was thinking in my mind it wasn't even the possibility in my mind that he was dro- he was going to be dropped for this game but like if there's anything that's uh i've learned leo cullen is ruthless Neil. Yeah. he's shown this time and time again okay maybe not ruthless but i think i know you said about connor's being uh brought in to chop Fiona Polo or whatever but like Josh van der Fleer, I feel, can have a grievance. You know, how better could he have played last week? Oh, it's the thing is... It's a man man for... Yeah, it's hosting, like, He came last week to really set the defensive line and get into the face of Billy Burns. And he did that. And he played a great game. But now it's Connor's time just to chop everything down for about 60 minutes or so. I think I think what I'm getting at though is I'm implying there's a contradiction in his actions here. On the one hand, you would say horses for courses, Fardy should be there, and on the oh, other hand, did, I I thought that's what you. No, said. Sorry, like I thought I thought he would have been like I wasn't even weighing up the the strengths between them because I thought I assumed it was a fait accompli that Fardy would just start be on the bench. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. Like maybe it's because. 
maybe just thinks he's 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 playing better at the moment and it's a reward. Or maybe it, I I think Freddie's been dropped for playing poorly. To me, that's I, again I didn't think it would happen. You know, I would be in the same boat as you, but I think looking at it, that's what's happened. And I actually like that. I like the fact that this high-profile, established, world-class player who's in on big books can be dropped. Because mm. if you're not fucking playing well enough and we have young lads who are and they're eager to prove themselves, why not slot them in? You know what I mean? That's yeah. like the opposite of this whole diplomatic... Yeah, I mean, party is taking a bit longer to get into the swing of things. And there, it's playing well now, so just play them. Yes. Yeah. Because you're going to be probably replacing Ryan earlier than the normal game. Might as well have someone with fresh, fresh legs to really run down Saracen. So maybe that's the, the thinking behind us. Mm. What do you think of the little, the little um, side note that it'll be Ryan Baird, Will Connors, and Hugo Keenan's European debuts? So arguably the, the biggest game of their career so far. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think they've all, they've all earned it. It's yeah. just a bit unusual that's coming in a quarterfinal against. Saracens, because of the way it's, mm. it panned out, like you reckon they would have been. Connors probably would have been in the squad for, say, if the quarterfinal happened uh, usual time. Mm. Um, Hugo Keenan probably wouldn't because we didn't have the better back injuries that we did. Mm. But like they've, they've all earned their spot, and I have no qualms worries about them at all. Yep. I thought uh, Keenan was a bit iffy under the high ball on the rewatch. And I, I said to you, Neil, that low I felt was the one that was fucking up a lot under the high ball, but it was actually Keenan. Yeah, it was kind of like a 50-50. So I think uh, if Saracens were watching that Ulster final, that's one point they could maybe look at. We know, I think the week before, he was nearly flawless. So it's kind of like you can't say that's a constant weakness in the player. But, you know, as you guys say, it is the biggest match of their career. So there will be pressure. Now, it won't be coming from the fans or whatever, but the scenario in and of itself. So I would say they'll test him under the high ball. Uh, I would yeah, hope. I'd say they'd be throwing a fair few. Like, Saracen's two box kick a lot, so I'd say they'd be definitely testing the entire back three under it. Mm, like more as well. I think all three of them actually over the last few weeks have shown at times they can be a bit shaky and inconsistent under the high ball. So yeah, and if Saracen's do like the old box kick, I think that would be one area they could go after us. Probably will. I wonder uh, how would you plan for that if you're a Lancer, like, or any team really? You just, you just you try to get the rest of the team blocking without giving away penalties. Yeah. You, you get communicating better, running on. Like, that's just, you, you make but it do I, what you have. But I do think it's a dangerous thing to try, like especially with the Lamar and Keenan, say, and Low, I guess as well, like because they're all, or at least I think, have shown to be good on the counter attack, especially oh, Lamar. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? He has oh, the miracle in him. You kick to him it wrongly or too many times, and that miracle, you know, what I mean, you're rolling the yeah. dice there. You might. Uh, the thing is, you know, the, the kick will be uh, well weighted, and the chase will be good, and the, the follow up defense will be good with Saracen. So, hmm. still, he is that miracle man. Well, I thought he was quiet in the first half last week, but he, he seemed to like the whole team, I think, lit up in the second half. And him a fullback. Same with Stockdale. Hmm. I think these guys are wings. <laughs> and they, they see so much better when they're on wing. Like a fullback, you have to be safe. And you can't join the... Like just, just, you can't just keep 
popping up everywhere as a fullback because you might get caught out. Yeah. Like you have more freedom, I think, to come off your wing at certain times. I think their instincts suit wing better, but they both seem to either want to play fullback or be put there, so that's here we are. Mm. Well, I mean, Barry Daly, you know. He he was the set on starting Lancer and Ireland full full back in my in my head anyway. <laughs> Unfortunately that never came to fruition. I uh I see Ringrose has lost the captaincy. You know, I thought it was gonna be another random captain this week. I really did. I thought he was just gonna just go fuck this captaincy shit. <laughs> Porter your captain, all right. <laughs> but no, old Johnny steering the ship. Deservedly so. I think uh, Johnny could be another potential weakness if I know it's kind of it's there's not much of a precedent there, but we saw how we can get rattled before, where once he went to shit, the rest of the team seemed to follow suit in that uh, less than stellar monster match a few, few years ago. I think you know oh, Carson's yeah. are an annoying bunch. Maro Toje getting all up in your face. He loves a good uh, he loves a good rattle, does he? So I think that could be another potential chink in the old Leinster armor there. Arch Rattler. Well, what other I weakness think, do you guys see in our team? Or would well, like, yeah, there's, there's, the, there's line out perhaps. There's the mm. box kicking perhaps. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to say. Like, cause... Well, I think it's interesting. I, I think we look at the uh, Lancer a lot of times with blue glasses on, and uh, it might be worth taking a step back and just trying to see yeah, well, it's a... Devil's Advocate sort of thing. How would you yeah, beat like, this I, I, team? Like, They've they've serious. They still have a lot of physicality. Their defense is going to be well drilled. A lot of experience in that back line. Um, I'm not too certain about Duncan Taylor now. Yeah, they, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's great. A lot but, of caps. But, um, Barris is the defensive mastermind of that back line, so that's going to be serious. Um, I think it's because of what Saracens have done. Like you, you always have to respect them, but I think I might be doing it overly much. Hmm. Um, so you're still hurting. Yeah, to the degree. Cause... You know, I'm just like, I, I, in terms of like sporting moments, I don't know why, but that Luke McGrath box kick is just etched in my head. And I'm... I think it was because we're in such a good spot. Yes. And the half is nearly over. I'm terrified that something similar is going to happen tomorrow. I'm like, and if it's McGrath that does, I mean, I don't know. I'm just being silly, but yeah, it still hurts, man. I can only imagine how the players feel. Like, I guess. I guess it's not too bad because they have success in other areas. You know, it would be, it would suck so much dick if it was your first final or whatever, or you'd never been there. Or you, you would likely never be there again. I guess these guys don't particularly have to worry about that. Like I saw the Squid so Rugby, hurts. Squid Rugby video where he basically said what you said earlier, Rob. Of I, mm. what's to stop Lancer just rolling into next season straight off the end of this season and just basically doing it all again, like. I don't see them being able to do the unbeaten season, but yeah. you know, winning both competitions again, yeah. Well, that... we haven't won it yet. <laughs> really? I thought I was a year ahead of you guys. Oh, we're a year behind. behind. Sorry. <laughs> we didn't win both last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm living in my own reality here. So I will say Leinster by eight for this. That'll be my hot take, Rob. That's your hot take. Yeah, Dave. What's your what's your call on that game? Um. Uh, I'm gonna predict an early Lancer red card resulting in a resulting in a Saracens three point victory. 
Ooh, hell of an effort by Leinster to. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going fourteen now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Leinster by five, but it will have there will be ebbs and flows. I think it'll potentially could be a back and forth kind of game. I hope it's a back and forth. I don't want it to be a blowout. Like I want this mm. oh, yeah, intense I, shit. I want both teams to want pop again. <laughs> Fuck the blowouts, man. I never really enjoyed blowouts. Well, uh, I do no. and I don't. There's, good, <laughs> there, there's a good time for a good blowout, but I have this one so hyped in my head that I want to be on the edge of my seat at 75 minutes. Like that's, I have memories of, like, uh, say, the Claremont-Leinster semi-final, I think, when Rob mm. Kearney scored that drop goal. To me, that was like the perfect match in my head. That was one of the most intense matches I ever watched. Yeah, that's what I mean. That level of intensity to me is what I want finals rugby to be. And if that match comes even close to that tomorrow, we're in for a great game. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's why I love those close matches. But uh, So, two to one for Leinster. I mean, my, my, he- my head and heart kind of says Leinster, but I just have a feeling. You know, with James coming out with that statement earlier. Well, as he said, oh, this is a definite Leinster win. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's uh, as fair as us humming no, I, I just think that if there's a if there's a cocky attitude around, you know, one I mean, single cocky attitude. <laughs> no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise poison. me to it's think poison that. to the whole squad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think banana skins come like come along and when well, the banana skin is someone like <laughs> slipping up against leon or benetton in the pool it's not like the biggest game in a year that's been hyped up and we're looking forward to it okay we've seen this banana skin from miles away i'm, I'm planning on taking a different route but due to last minute circumstances we've turned into it yes rob you wanted uh you wanted to discuss something or uh, the, the other matches yeah we'll fly through them We've got Claremont, Racing, Toulouse, Ulster, and Exeter, Northampton. I think Exeter, Northampton is the easiest prediction. Exeter by good bit. Yes, a lot. Um, Ulster are without Coatsia. Madigan, but that was a choice. And they're they're Coatsia. Yeah. Um, I, I think if they had Coatsia, they have a bit more chance. They have, they have a chance if they turn this game into like a shoot-off, mm. where everyone just scores loads of tries. But I think Toulouse's pack combined with their attacking backs mm. and the home advantage I think that's just too much I think they'll they'll win that with a bit to spare although I remember watching the match and last week Dave said uh, Coatsy and I say Coatsia yeah but Tolan said it in a way that my <laughs> mind cannot even comprehend it's like it refuses to like, I can't reconstruct what he said in his mind try and pronounce it <laughs> oh, I'm saying I can't. Like, I don't understand how you can pronounce that any pre other way. Like, I think it's Coatsia. It? That's how you pronounce the name. You said Coatsia, which is fairness. In fairness, is... it's, it's, it's but the way he said it, it was just was so it? far out. Coatsy, something like that. <laughs> it was, it was wild. He's <laughs> like, I, I knew what Lovecraft meant when he said knowledge, not man's not supposed to know, and make people insane. Like, it just my mind refused to contort to that level of. I want to hear it now. <laughs> but um, the other match is the French Derby then. Yes, the Claremont Racing, which I think Simon Zebo's in that. Is he featuring? He's 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 playing and Ryan is on the bench. Don't look at Ryan. Yes, Simon Zebo's a fullback. 
I think Claremont will win that, but that's a very tight game. I think that's pretty much a coin toss. Mm. Is it in Racing or Claremont? Claremont. It's, it's in yeah. Claremont. I guess it won't have that much of it because there probably won't be crowds or whatever. Maybe there's 5,000 at the Toulouse oh, match. Oh, really? That's cool. I like that. So I haven't heard anything about the Claremont match, but I assume they have some fans there. Just looking at the Claremont team, they have Matsushima at fullback, yeah. the Japanese fullback, which I thought is interesting. I haven't seen him since the World Cup, so... Are you standing for Matsushima? Right? <laughs> Maybe. It depends. Was, like, is he the small guy? Yeah, he is. He's a tiny guy. He was unreal, I remember. Yeah. I didn't know he went to Claremont. No, I, I didn't either, but he did. I'd like to see you Lancer poach him. <laughs> <laughs> Just some random bloke. Why not? Just grab him, put him in a bag. <laughs> You're ours now. Do you have any... Um, I think that kind of covers all those games. Um... I think Exeter will probably beat. It's a home game for Exeter in the semi, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they'll win. Um, I think they'll probably they could be to lose. They could. Hard to say though. Hard to say. But but this far out, would you go with an Exeter Leinster final as your prediction? Mm. I'd say the French team, uh, whichever one comes from Racing Claremont, I think. Like assuming there's not loads of injuries, I think if we do beat mm. Saracens, mm. it means we're in a good space, and they'd have to travel over here. So, I I don't know if the the prospect of a Leinster Exeter final doesn't sound rugby appealing to me. I think it probably could be, Le- Le- could be Leinster Toulouse just as likely as Leinster Exeter. I think I'd like to see that, but I don't know. I have like. Visions of a Leinster Exeter match being, dare I say, boring. It's well, it's a, it'll be a tight game in a final, but mm. well, I mean, they can be good, but I, I think we play kind of too similarly. That mm. at least I, in I the last few, I think Exeter are quite unique in their playing. Okay, How's that? I, I, I don't think any team plays like them. They're very. I compared them to when you find a strategy, like a broken strategy in a sports game, like FIFA or something. Mm. No one else is like that whatsoever, but you keep abusing it to win. Mm. That's what it looks like to me. Like it's dozens and dozens of um, carries in the enemy opposition 22. Okay. what To re- revisit my statement, what I would probably revise it now, having you said that and me agreeing, would be, Immovable force, unstoppable object situation, where not a whole lot happens. We're the immo- unstop. We're the immovable force. They're the unstoppable. Whatever the fuck, I'm fucking putting it. But they're gonna run into the blue wall over and over. They're not gonna get anywhere, and we're not gonna get the ball back. And it's gonna be not that compelling. Yeah, I mean, I'd we'll wait and see, but that's not what I want to see in a final. Let's see. All right. That kind yeah, of covers hot us. Hot takes galore. Yes, very hot takes. Um, but yeah, good weekend of rugby to look forward to. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully Leinster win and keep 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 momentum going. Uh, we'll leave it there. And, oh, by the way, there's generally one away win in the uh, competition this stage every year. Yes. Who do you, who, who would you tip? I'd say Brassing probably most likely to do it. 
Yeah, I would agree. All right, we leave it there, so. I think so. The natural okay. conclusion. All right, bye, guys. Ta-ta. <laughs>